Hey everyone, welcome to The Geek Awakens, where the talk is geekier than recording your podcast early to be able to go to a Star Wars trivia night. <laughs> I'm Mitch, and joining me tonight is Tabitha. Hello. Lydia. Hi. And Pickett. Yes, hello. So, um, this is actually, we, we do have one more episode after this, but this is our year in review episode. Uh, it's kind of like our unofficial Season finale? Is it a season finale? Kind of? Maybe. Pretty much, yeah. Kind of. If we were in Europe, it'd be a series finale. Well, whatever. <laughs> um, so, uh, I do want to just, like, give a quick shout-out. I was kind of going through some uh, some old videos and everything. And, I mean, we had a chance to talk to a lot of different people this year. And this isn't everybody that we got a chance to talk to. But just a quick shout-out to LodgeCon, C2E2, and Wizard World for... Oh, and uh, Springfield... Uh, um, microcon microcon thank you for uh, allowing us to come and talk with them um, and then also uh, special thanks to uh, Thomas e. and Nicholas Project Fan Care David Anders Chicago POC Cosplayers the uh, 501st Legion AZ Power Girl Brian K. Morris Bead Streets uh, the Joliet Public Library and Kudo Plays again like we got a chance to talk to a lot of more people but those are kind of the ones that like really stood out for me so um but yeah, like let's let's do it again next year, guys. So do we have to? No, okay. Yes. <laughs> um, Maybe we don't have to, but I would like to. Right. I can see I'm outnumbered. <laughs> so um, this is actually since it's 2019, it's the end of a decade. We're not doing just our best of the year. We're doing the best of the decade. Uh, before we get to that, though, uh, Tabitha and I got a chance to read uh, Seven Days Number 3 from Lion Forge. Uh, it's the third issue. Uh, hey, Pickett. Yes. Okay. Remember remember a couple times ago like when you were on and it was doing that thing if you stayed silent for too long? <clears throat> Oh. Yeah, yep. it did that again. You doing that again? Yeah. I apologize. Hey, it's not your fault. It's just your system's fault? I don't know. I don't know. It's a phone. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Just like hiccup every now and then. It's fine. Um, so, um, Seven Days, It's the this is the third issue in the uh, in this miniseries. And I know, Tabitha, we kind of talked a little bit this morning. You had you had some feelings with this issue. I did. I had feelings at my desk at work while I was productively working on podcast stuff for at my job, whatever. Um, <laughs> but I did. I had feelings and emotions reading this. And like, usually when I read, like especially like the single issue comics that we get from people, I I don't have like an emotional response because I don't have like that buildup. But man, this one got me like right in the heart. Yeah, cold dead <laughs> heart, just like whoop, like right in there. Um, there was a puppy. And that's just really where everything kind of went down and or uphill for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, this was a really fun issue. Um, it's one of the first big moments was um, Lorena and Astrid mm -hmm. having a conversation about something that happened in issue two where we realized that, hey, maybe Noble isn't as dead as we thought he was in issue one. And so it's kind of building towards that. And, you know, I've, and from reading Noble in the past, like, we, I've, we've gotten to see some good interaction between these two characters. Mm -hmm. And this was probably one of my favorite interactions between these two characters. Because uh, they're just, they're so, they're both such badasses. Yeah, the snark is so real. Like, that's <laughs> one of my favorite things about, like, this whole thing is, like, the snark between, like, all the characters, really, but especially those two, is so strong. And there's, like, that, like, I'm afraid of this woman, but I respect her snark, and I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, we did also get kind of some more insight into the how the the people in this Catalyst Prime universe got their powers. And I thought that, that was really cool. It was one of those things that's like when when we first like when we saw the event happen, it's like I kind of felt like that's all that I need to know. But like once we kind of got the intricacies of it, I was like, ooh, this is really cool. Yeah, they did that in such a weird, like twisty, but like relatable almost kind of way like they took events that had happened in human history and like worked those in and again sucker for a backstory but also like i like seeing how they brought in like actual like historical elements to the story like that was just incredibly cool like incredibly well crafted yeah 
Um, a couple more minor points for me. Like, first off, like, I feel like the, um, the scene with the, the guy and his young daughter, mm-hmm. I feel like that's going to come into play later. Agreed. Yeah, I, that was too big of a plot, like, yeah. point to not. It was, yeah, and it was kind of like, it. I feel like it was resolved too easily. Yeah. And same kind of thing with the, uh, with the Obsidian Men in general. Like, I feel like Lorena and, and the crew, like, they, I feel like they've got it figured out. Sure. But we're only on issue three, and this is a seven-issue miniseries. We're not even to the halfway point yet. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know that we've got it figured out as much as we hope. No, I, I feel like something big is coming, and especially with the way that this issue ended. Like, it looked like they were winning, but it also gave you that, like, whole, like, Marvel moment where it's like, yay, they're winning! And then you're like, wait a minute, but are they? Right. <laughs> So yeah, but uh, what's his name? Rescuing the puppy at the end of the world is a big mood for me. That would be something I would do. I'd be like, it's the apocalypse. I got to go rescue a dog. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so seven days. It's from Lion Forge. Uh, I think I've said this every time we've reviewed this miniseries. If you're not reading this, find a way to read it. You know, if you're if your comic book shop doesn't carry it, find it, pay for it online. You know, it's this is definitely worth worth checking out. So, all right, so it's that time. Last couple of years with the with our end of year specials, we've been doing we've been talking about our favorite thing, least favorite, the biggest surprise, whether it was good or bad, and then also what we're most looking forward to for next year. So, Pickett, we're actually we're going to start with you because your favorite thing of the decade is actually something that's going on right. Well, it. It's got like a really big thing going on right now with Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, I know I've kind of been not following Arrow or you know the Arrowverse for a while, but it's got me interested. So pick it. Tell me about why this is your favorite thing of the decade. Well, first of all, um, I was around in the time when CW um, or even WB at that point um, had Smallville. Um, so <clears throat> you can't like give credit to. Um, you can't give credit to uh, the Arrowverse without first uh, initiating, like, or initiating like a, a big shout out to, to Smallville, um, which actually ties into the Arrowverse. We'll get to that in a second. The Arrowverse uh, started out as the Arrow. It was super cool. I really enjoyed the show, and then it just kind of morphed. And now we've got what four or five shows, uh, at least. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. There's a ridiculous amount of shows, and they're all so good. Uh, it was, it was just. I don't know. I, I gained my love for the Flash um, with the Arrowverse. Um, it's just I really, really enjoy it. Um, but uh, it just you know the storylines are all really good. I, I know a lot of them, or all of them, are based off of the comic books, but they don't always stick like perfectly to the comic books. Um, like when the Flash did the uh, the Flashpoint uh, arc story arc, um, it wasn't exactly like the Flashpoint um, uh, graphic novel, but it was still really good. So uh, just the whole Arrowverse, Arrow Flash, um, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, uh, they're all just fantastic. And what I said about Smallville is they actually, uh, they're currently, uh, and, and Mitch and I kind of talked about this, I have not seen Crisis uh, on Infinite Earths yet, um, but they do have uh, Tom Welling going back to reprise his role from Smallville uh, mm-hmm. as Clark Kent from another you know, universe or whatever. That's cool. Uh, I did watch that episode, Pickett. It's Earth. great. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. So, okay, so are you keeping up with the... Oh, absolutely oh, not. Like, okay. they said Tom Welling, and I was like, I don't care. I don't have a clue what's going on. I'm watching this episode. <laughs> that seems fair. Fair enough. <laughs> it's really all I needed in the world was an episode of Tom Welling. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame you. What the world needs now is Tom Welling. No. no. I mean, if you recorded that, I'd pl- put it as my ringtone on my phone. I mean, I did record it. <laughs> This is being recorded as we speak. Give me a, a, give me a file. A valid point. Give me a file. That'll be my new ringtone. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> if you haven't figured out yet, Matt's not here with us tonight. Um, he's still with us. He's just not here <laughs> oh presently. <my> <laughs> <laughs> um, but Matt is no longer with us. <laughs> <laughs> that went dark quickly. Well, you know. That'll happen. Uh, um, but yeah, so, but he did give us his information. Uh, and so, his favorite thing for the decade was the uh, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo uh, run on Batman. 
So Matt says that my favorite thing about Batman has always been his interactions with different villains. The run in the Batman comics by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo uh, gave me a chance to look deeper into the characters of Batman slash Bruce Wayne. They sent him on a long, crazy journey that included Easter eggs for their Dark Knights uh, metal crossover event, which has probably been my favorite comic book event of the decade as well. So, uh, totally agree with that. That was one of those things, like, I've always been interested in other Batman characters. You know, obviously, Nightwing's always been my favorite. I've always had a soft spot for Batgirl, you know, like, but I've never been a huge Batman fan in and of itself. It was these two guys that got me reading Batman comics. So, um, totally agree there. My favorite thing for the decade, I actually, I have two. Um, one I'm going to just touch on briefly because, well, actually both of them we've kind of talked about. But uh, sticking with comics, um, the Matt Fraction run on Hawkeye, I will always say to anyone who's even remotely interested in checking out comics for the first time, read that run like i will let you borrow it if you want to like it's it's such a fantastic story uh and really kind of gives insight into clint barton but my other big favorite thing of the decade was just discovering doctor who you know it's been it was one of those shows that's like once i got hooked and it took me a few episodes to get hooked but once i got hooked there was no stopping me and i am so pumped and ready for uh january 1st for the new season to start so but yeah but just everything about doctor who is just fantastic like not only just like between between you know like uh you know kind of like teaching you about history but also like just kind of like keeping that whole like human ideal you know like this is how humanity should act does it always no this is why it doesn't act that way you know whatever but but yeah just phenomenal so, Lydia, what's your favorite thing of the decade? See, when you made it the decade, it made it a lot more difficult for me to figure things out. Didn't it? It did. <laughs> but I decided that my favorite thing from this past decade was watching, um, there's a couple YouTubers that I watch pretty much religiously, like uh, Markiplier and Jacksepticeye, who started out as Let's Players in like 2012-ish, I think, and they've grown so much over the years from just being like shoved to the back burner. Of, oh, you're a YouTuber. You're just a let's player. You just yell at a, a video game for hours to doing so many more detailed things and wanting to build a good community of their own fans and of people on YouTube in general. And these two guys, especially uh, constantly do things for charity and stuff like that. I know Jack Sebdekai at least every other month, if not every month, does a charity live stream. And I've seen him raise a hundred thousand plus dollars every single charity event that he's That's done. Awesome. Wow. That's awesome. So like for them to take something that is so like looked down on and push past that and grow into what they are now is just amazing to me. And they're continuing to try and like make people better and make the world a better place. And the two of them have their own clothing brand, which I'm actually wearing a hoodie of right now. Like they've gone so far beyond where they started and they're still so humble about it. And it's wonderful to have people like that to kind of look up to. Mm -hmm. So I think that's probably my favorite thing of the decade is just, having people like that kind of shine a light on all the crappy things that their world is. Right. And yeah, that's, that is really cool to, to see like, cause I, and I know like I, you kind of mentioned similar stuff like that before, mm -hmm. but like the amount of money that they've been able to raise, that's, that's just, that's mind boggling. Mm -hmm. So Tabitha, I know you had a couple of, what's your favorite thing of the decade that is not Baby Yoda? Oh, come on. He's just so cute. Um, but, okay, so I, I feel like I'm a broken record because I feel like I might have said this last year. But, or maybe I didn't and I just thought about saying it. Who knows? Um, my favorite thing of the decade was Hamilton. And while, you know, the Lin-Manuel News Desk is in no way, shape, or form surprised, um, <laughs> I have watched a musical that I heard a snippet of randomly on instagram 
become a worldwide phenomenon written by a immigrant or a child of immigrants from Puerto Rico who wanted to bring American history to life for a younger generation. And I'm a huge history nerd. I've always been a huge history nerd, even if I think American history is super lame. Um, <laughs> but people that had no idea about like the founding fathers or the start of the country or people that I went to high school with who will argue with me till they're blue in the face that Benjamin Franklin is a freaking president. Like people like that exist in the world. And Lin-Manuel Miranda found a way to bring that little piece of history into the forefront and into the foreground of pop culture. And we live in a time when most of the pop culture things are girls on YouTube where they record everything every day that they're doing. They're like, this is how I made my salad today. And they've got 36 million subscribers. Like we live in a very weird time educationally and intellectually. Um, And I really think that people like I know people that are not what I would call nerdy or not what I would call into history or into education that fell in love with Hamilton. And I just think that that is incredible to use music and musicals to bring so much knowledge to just such a wide audience. Is it too late to change mine? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You should have. Should have done that earlier, Pickett. <laughs> yeah, I know. Gosh. <laughs> but I mean, but yeah, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, among everybody, at least here talking right now, I mean, I, I think it's safe to say we're all huge fans of Hamilton. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if Matt's on the Hamilton train. We're not there yet, but uh, we're getting there. We're getting well, there. We're, we're getting it. there. Baby steps. Very small ones. Baby Yoda steps. Aw, baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> so... Also, did you guys see what I posted on our Facebook page yesterday? No, I was too busy watching I, okay. the In the Heights so. trailer 400,000 times. So, well, I, no, it wasn't yesterday. It was a couple days ago. But anyway, somebody um, did, like, took, like, snippets of The Mandalorian and set it to uh, 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 You'll Be In My Heart or whatever from oh, Tarzan. Yeah, 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 I did see yeah. that. Because, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, because that popped in my head. That song popped in my head. And I was like, oh, man, I got to listen to this. And, like, and I'm listening to it, I was like, man, it'd be pretty funny if, like, somebody, you know, made this, like, a Baby Yoda tribute. And, like, before I decided to put that on Facebook, like, I decided to YouTube, and I was like, is this really a thing yet? And I found that it was a thing, and, you know, at the time that I saw it, I don't know, or maybe a couple dozen people views or whatever, and I'm like, yes, I hope this becomes huge. So whoever made that, you're my hero, and if it goes viral, kudos to you. So... Let's now let's move on to the least favorite thing. Um, you know, for every amazing thing that happened over the last ten years, there have been some not so amazing things that happened. Uh, Tabitha, we're going to start with you on this one. So I don't know if you guys know this or not, but I still don't have winds of winter. <laughs> really? What? So this is kind of a little bit of also new news. So last week, uh, the winds of winter website became active again. And the like the URL has changed and blah, 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 blah. And people are like, oh, my God, we're getting a release date. It is about to be 2020. And I don't have Winds of Winter yet, which means I don't have the next book yet either, which means I will probably be 55 before I get that next book. And George R.R. Martin oh, will it, be in the ground yeah. dead. Yeah, honey, you ain't getting that next yeah, book. No, <laughs> mm-hmm. no, I I have complained about this for as long as I have been on this show. I think one of my first things that I talked about was how I didn't have Winds of Winter yet. And here we are. And guess what, guys? I still have Winds of Winter. I completed a decade without Winds of Winter. Maybe George (laughs) listens to the show and And he heard that episode mm -hmm. and he was like, all right, well. I'm just going to make her wait as long as humanly possible. Yeah. Well, he is vindictive and terrible, so maybe. You know what we should do? And pick it, you know, back me up on this if this is a bad idea or whatever. Maybe you should take a couple weeks off and we'll say, hey, we had to fire Tabitha from the show. And maybe George (laughs) will be like, she's gone. I can finally release it. I mean, if it gets me Winds of Winter, I will gladly quit the show. (laughs) And once it's released, you can come back. Because what's he going to do at that point? By then it's too late. Because he's not going to write the next book. I just refuse. But, like, I also, at the same time that I have problems with this, like, I was thinking about book things that I had had issues with or taken, you know, insult to. And 
I also really, really hated Crimes of Grindelwald. Like, I feel like Crimes of Grindelwald took part of my childhood and, like, ripped it to tiny pieces and then ran it through a garbage disposal and then a wood chopper and then buried it under a heap of ash. It just, I, Jesus. I can't get over how bad that was and how much I feel like they're slowly destroying the Harry Potter universe. So we'll see with this next movie. But if this next movie is anywhere near that first movie, I am officially done. I'm going back to the first seven books as canon, first eight movies. Nothing else exists in the world. Seems fair. Yeah. I can't handle it. <laughs> so, um, all right. So... Pickett was going to be next, but he had to step away for a minute. So Matt was going to be next. I'm not going to make you talk anymore because you talked a lot. So we'll come back to Matt as well. Um, <laughs> Lydia, what was your least favorite thing in the decade? Well, kind of going back to like the video games thing I started with, like there has been just a nonstop war on video games. Like, oh, video games make you violent. Video games are addictive and you should blah, blah, blah. And this and that. And like, I'm sorry, you can't look at video game addiction, quote unquote, as like a mental illness when you can't even handle depression and anxiety and things like that on a level that they need to be handled to keep people living a happy life. Like, if you're gonna, if video games are gonna make you violent, you're already a violent person. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, just, they took, like one thought that video games were bad and they just ran with it. And so many people, myself included, use video games as stress relief, as like, as good things. And you're just constantly crapping on it. So why? There's so many other things that you could go after. Why video games? Yeah. And it's really interesting too, because it's like with video games, I realize it's a little bit different because with video games, you're actually playing a character, you're in that world. But it's very similar to like watching a violent movie. Mm -hmm. Violent movies don't get that stigma where that they make you violent. Case in point, John Wick. My entry for the (laughs) least favorite thing of the decade. (laughs) And that was probably the best segue I've ever had. Way to end the uh, decade on a high note there. Very, very (laughs) impressed, honestly. There there is no way that I'll ever be able to replicate that, just FYI. (laughs) So, (laughs) my least favorite thing of the decade was John Wick. I finally saw the first movie earlier this year. Um, At that point, I was never... um, I was never, like against seeing it i just hadn't seen it pickett's gonna be calling back here so i apologize for that excuse the delay pickett are you there yes hello perfect um you are just in time to hear my rant on john wick oh god (laughs) (laughs) so i was never john wick it started out as one of those movies that like i didn't not want to see it. I just hadn't gotten around to it. And then I finally did see it. And oh my god, was it awful. Here you you have a guy who, I'm sorry, I understand the the reason of his, that the reason why he got the dog was because his wife's dead and that was her going away present for him. <laughs> um, I get that. And when you kill the dog, when the dog gets killed, I understand you're going to be upset. But the links that this guy went through how many people did he kill to avenge the death of a puppy i'm sorry at, at what point at what point does that does that match up it doesn't touch my dog see what happens to you okay kill one person because of the dog no kill all the people because of the dog you your family your friend dishonor your on you dishonor on your cow <laughs> Your neighbors, everyone you've ever met, spoken to. No, I get it. I mean, I hated that movie, but not for his over revenge of over avenging the dog. And and I will still like. I know I said this the last time that I went on this rant. I will never. And, and I'll say this every time I bring up John Wick. 
how is it that the mob boss's son didn't know who John Wick was, who worked for said mob boss back in the day, when literally everybody else in this universe knows who this guy is? How do you not know how dangerous this guy is? Yeah, exactly. It's a plot hole. It's There's a lot of plot holes in that movie. That's but that one is one. glaring. Yeah. Anyway, Pickett, I know you had you had a couple of least favorite things. Um, one was fairly recent, though. So let's actually, let's talk about the other one first. Okay, one or two. Um, they were numbered. I don't remember. Let's talk about Sausage Party. Okay, yeah, that was a... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Can we talk about, like, the worst movie ever, ever put out by anybody, ever? I, I actually like Seth Rogen. Um, but this is by far my absolute least favorite any movie ever. Not just Seth Rogen movie, any movie. It was terrible. Uh, it was weird. It was uncomfortable. Nobody enjoyed this film. I'm almost 100% positive the people who filmed it didn't enjoy this film or, or created it. Nobody likes this film. It's just terrible. So, okay, but did you did you go into it knowing that it was going to be raunchy? Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I okay. knew. Um, uh, but it was one of those things like um, Joe had told me, hey, um, we went and saw this movie, and it's the first movie I've ever walked out on in my entire life. Oh, like, oh wow. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, well, obviously I'm going to have to watch it then. Um, and I did, and it, uh, if, if, if I was in a theater... I would have sat there very uncomfortably and contemplated walking out the entire time, but I'm so cheap it wouldn't have happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know that I could ever like. There's got to be something really, like, really wrong with a movie for me to walk out of it. To be honest with you, like, sure. I paid that money, right? Like, well, also, my wife uh, was at home and saw the movie come up. Um, saw the movie come up on Netflix and. Thought it would be a fun cartoon to watch with the kids. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, she didn't read the descriptions. So there's that. So it didn't last long. That's what she said. Hi, <laughs> you. So, Pickett, you said that Sausage Party was the worst movie you've ever seen. So it was even worse than the Star Wars Holiday Special? Oh, gosh, yes. The Star Wars Holiday Special had a lot of issues. But it, it it was nowhere near as bad as as Sausage Party. Sausage Party was bad. It was just terrible. Fair enough. So, um, Tabitha, what was Matt's least favorite thing? Um, Matt's least favorite thing was the Transformers franchise. Um, he says, growing up on the Transformers animated movie and cartoons, I was very excited when the property was headed for the live action big screen movie extravaganza. As the movies progressed, the plots became more and more absurd to the point where actors starring in the movies commented that they really didn't know what was going on. By the time the latest movie came out, Bumblebee, I had resigned myself that there these are no longer really that these no longer really reminded me of the characters that I had grown up loving. I couldn't agree more. I was a huge fan of the animated Transformers cartoon. And when this resurgence took place, I was so excited. And that first movie was, I, it was fine. But they went on a huge downfall from there. So. Mm -hmm. Agree 100%. I enjoyed the first one. Yeah. It was fine for what it was. Uh, but yeah, that second one was just, oh my God, it was so awful. And I've never looked back since. I've... I don't care who's starring in the Transformers movies. Like, nah, I'm good. Nah, bruh. You can so. get all the big name people that you want. You can't polish a turd. Exactly. Also, that Michael Bay noise that he put in those. Or like the... The fact that you guys were so in sync with that, though. <laughs> that was really trippy in stereo, guys. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> So, all right. So moving on, um, there are always there's always something, whether it's you know like the year or the decade, where you you think something's gonna be awful, but you turned out like, oh hey, that was actually really good. Or there is something that like you were really looking forward to, and you walk out of the movie theater and you're like, oh my god, that was the worst thing ever. So, 
what so now we're going to talk about like our biggest surprises of the decade Lydia, you've got kind of a personal one. I do. I'm going sentimental on you guys. Because my biggest surprise of the decade was being asked to come do this podcast with you guys. <laughs> because you may have noticed, but I'm not the best speaker in the world. I've gotten better. <laughs> I was about to say, you've gotten you better. You've gotten way better. Way better. But, like... I remember you messaging me and saying, hey, because you messaged me and Mikey and being mm-hmm. like, hey, I've got this podcast and we need somebody that knows video games. Would you guys be interested? And I was like, well, I would, but I mean, if you want a bumbling, awkward person, then yeah, sign me up. And for some reason, I mean, you did. Yeah, that is that is most of us. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm worse. But like, for some reason, you're like, yeah, come come try it out. It's fine. And I'm still here. Like, what is this? Three years later? Yeah. I think so, yeah. I have no idea. I so, tried to figure yeah. that out earlier. <laughs> but that, that's my biggest surprise, because awesome. I'm surprised that I got asked to come, and I'm surprised that I got asked to stay, so. Which, and that's and that's kind of like a surprise, like, for me as well. Not, like, you specifically. <laughs> but just the fact that, like, we're ending this decade, like, actually doing something like this. Yeah. I mean, back in 2010, like, I wasn't nearly, like, as... Um, geeky or whatever, you know, as like I, I was like at that time, I was just kind of like dipping my toe back into like reading comic books and getting into stuff like that. And now it's like, it's like this, this is all I do. Like, mm-hmm. I, I have no other identity. <laughs> you know, um, for me, I had, I had a couple big surprises. Like, we cannot talk about the 2010s without mentioning just how big of a juggernaut the Marvel Cinematic Universe has become. Truth. Right? Um, you know, you, we started off with, let's see, by 2010, what, we had a couple Iron Man movies. Do we even have Captain America at that point? I think so. I think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but like, and these were good movies, but like, it really didn't, no one saw this coming. Yeah. No one saw just like how humongous, you know, these these events became, you know? Um, another big one for me, and I think Tabitha, you kind of share this one, is that uh, is the Orville. Mm-hmm. Like back in 2010, if you had told me that, hey, Seth MacFarlane is doing a uh, like his version of Star Trek, I'd be into it because at that point in time, I still liked Family Guy, loved American Dad, you know, even enjoyed the Cleveland Show, you know, whatever. Fast forward about 2015, if you were to tell me that Seth MacFarlane was doing his take on Star Trek, I would have been like, let me kill this guy now. (laughs) And that's, and I was very cautious when this series Uh came out. But once I actually, like, I watched that, the series premiered, like, I gave it a chance and I was like, huh, that wasn't bad. And I came back the next time and I came back the week after that. And this has turned into, like, it's... The only thing that doesn't make this Star Trek is the name itself, Mm -hmm. you know? Outside of that, like, all the classic, all the things that you love about, especially the next generation, you know? All the things that you love about this series is in this show. And I cannot wait to see what they have coming for 2020. So, uh, Tabitha, your biggest surprise of the decade, man, I really, like, we had to debate this at the, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, episode. I, I'm blanking on what to call it, but the uh, the 500th episode for the Front Row Network, mm-hmm. our friends there. Uh, we had to debate something, and I really hated not. I hated debating against this movie. Yeah. So our debate revolved around me having to stand up for Wonder Woman um, against what was the movie? Endgame. That's right. I couldn't <laughs> remember. Um, and I hate to repeat last year again, but you guys know my memory sucks. So anything beyond like the last two years, I don't have a clue. Um, but Wonder Woman was the biggest surprise for me. Like after the history of what we had seen so far with the DC movie universe, I was like, they are going to screw this up so hard. Like I am not a huge Wonder Woman fan. My only connection to DC has forever and always will be Batman, just Batman, not his villains, not his friends, just Batman. Um, But when the Wonder Woman movie was released, it was released at a time where we really needed, like, as a people, like a strong female character. And they delivered. And that was just the most shocking moment in, like, anything that's ever happened. Like, I walked out of that theater. Like, I walked into that theater thinking, 
oh god, I'm gonna be so angry when I leave here. I'm just gonna be so mad because like every every image that they had shown of Gal Gadot was just like she looked over sexed and like very busty and like I get that Wonder Woman is like that, but like I'm like, do we really need this right now? And I walked out of that theater like feeling like. I don't know, like the the proudest person ever to have been a woman walking out of that theater. Um, I I cried, but not at the times when I should have cried. Like I didn't cry when, you know, I mean, no spoilers anymore because this has been so long, but I didn't cry when like her love interest passed away. I didn't cry when people died in this movie, which is not typically when I cry anyway, but she went storming across a battlefield when no one would go with her and not one man to back her up. And they all followed her because they were like, holy crap, she's doing it. And like, that's what we needed at the time. And we got it from DC. That was just such a huge surprise to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really like, I don't think, I don't think we would have gotten this movie without, with anyone other than Patty Jenkins. Oh, absolutely not. Like (laughs) behind the camera, like just phenomenal job. Um, Pickett, your biggest surprise and like, you told us, and I'm not for sure if it's a good surprise or a bad surprise. Oh, it's it's definitely an amazing surprise. This, um, first of all, when I heard about this movie, um, I was I was upset. Honestly, uh, what we're talking about is Fantastic Beasts. Um, I did not think we needed absolutely anything else from the Wizarding World. I thought we had a really good story. There's no need to add to it. And then I saw Fantastic Beasts and wanted more of that. Uh, it was I was shocked. I didn't expect to like this movie. Even the trailers I saw, I wasn't like excited about it. Uh, but when I actually saw the film, I was into it. The second one, not as good, but still still there. Uh, so there's still a chance they can kind of redeem themselves, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but you know, the biggest surprise for me this year um, or this decade was Fantastic Beasts. So one could even say it was fantastic. Stop it, Mitch. <laughs> All right, so <clears throat> Matt's biggest surprise of the year was it's kind of two pronged. It's starting off with uh, DC's rebirth. So Matt says, I grew up a Marvel kid. X Men, Fantastic Four, Avengers, etc. Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman uh, were not superheroes I was interested in. DC rebirth changed that for me. In conjunction with Snot, Scott Snot, not Snot Snyder, <laughs> Jesus, um, Scott Snyder's run with Batman, I found myself interested and invested in characters that I had previously been nonchalant about their existence. The tease of it all being uh, tied in with the original Watchmen graphic novel and the promise of the Doomsday Clock event pulled me in even further. But the extended delays in finishing that event have soured me uh, some on having used that as a ploy to pull in readers. Debuting in November of 2017, the 12th and final issue is finally hitting stores this month. It's been so long since I read an issue of this series that I can't begin to tell you what has happened. And I echo what Matt said, especially about Doomsday Clock, like, spot on. Like, Mm -hmm. at this point, like, I'm going to be interested once the 12th issue finally comes out. Because I think I read maybe the first four or five issues. And even then, there were so many delays between the two. Where it's like, I'd started reading it and I'd be like, I have no idea what's going on. Right. You know? So, now that the 12th issue is finally, you know, upon us, uh, I do look forward to going back and either buying the other issues or even just waiting for the trade. You know? And just being able to read it all at once. So. Alright, guys. <clears throat> Last thing to talk about. I'm not going to ask you what you're most anticipated for for the entire decade because who knows what 2029 <laughs> yeah. is going to look like. But we do have some idea of what 2020 is going to look like. So for me, um, the one thing... Well, I'm, I'm going to mention too. I like how I was like, yeah, guys, pick your favorite thing. And then here, three of the four categories, I've had two. But, you know, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. So... Um, for me, one of the big things I'm really looking forward to, we already talked about it uh, earlier tonight, uh, is Seven Days by Lion Forge. I cannot stress enough how entertaining, exciting, emotional this series has been. And I can't wait to see how it ends. You know, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm excited to see how the Catalyst Prime universe ends up you know like do we get you know have we have we read the final issues of some of these superheroes because they 
die off or decide to not want to be superheroes anymore or whatever. Then we get new series because of new characters that are introduced. You know, like, all that's just kind of up in the air. And, like, I cannot wait. Uh, the other thing that I'm excited about is uh, Wonder Woman 84. Uh, the trailer for that dropped earlier this week. And kind of going back to Patty Jenkins, like, I remember saying to myself in the middle of watching this trailer, like, they need to just have her do whatever she wants with the DC mm -hmm. universe. You know, have her be the Kevin Feige of DC. Because, yes, you know, because this trailer got me so excited. And granted, yeah, like, we, we can't pass whole judgment until we see the movie. Mm -hmm. It could flop. We don't know. But I really doubt it. Yeah. So... Um, Tabitha, what are you most excited about? So it's something really small, and usually I like am looking forward to something big and something noteworthy, but this year it's the smallest thing. Um, in 2020, um, Shannon McGuire is releasing her fifth book in her Wayward, Wayward Children series. Um, this is a group of, like, kind of related novellas that I would not have read had someone randomly on the internet said what the first one was about. But this is a series that I have now not only read once, twice, but three times. Um, and her newest book is coming out in January of 2020 called Come Tumbling Down. And it's actually focusing on two of my favorite characters from the second book, uh, Jack and Jill. Um, Shanna McGuire has taken the idea of children who go into an alternate universe think Alice going into Wonderland, the kids going into Narnia, things like that, and kind of flipped it on its head. Like, after they come back, what happens to them? How do they grow up? Where do they go? Um, in this series, she's got it reimagined to where they end up at um, Eleanor's home for wayward children. And some of the children want to go back, and some of the children want to stay here and try to redeem their lives, and some of the children just don't know what they want. Um... This has been a series that's actually been life-changing for me. The second book in this series, I've I've read more than three times. But um, <laughs> you don't have to read them in order. You don't have to read them as a series. But they're very short. But she packs the biggest punch into these little tiny books that I've ever seen. Like, I'm a pretty prolific reader. And this very random kind of indie series has just... It's literally changed who I am as a reader. It's what I look for in all fantasy now. It's what every book has to stand up to. Um, Matt and I actually next month um, are going to go to a signing of hers. And I am super geeked. I'm probably going to cry. It'll be fine. Um, but <laughs> No. Right? You're so surprised. And I'm just, I'm so excited for something so small. And if you're a reader at all or if you're not, I seriously highly recommend this series. So, Lydia, let's turn... What What does your 2020 look like? So, <clears throat> my 2020 is hopefully coming out in March. Hopefully they don't move it again. Something that they've been teasing and talking about and all that for like five years now is a Final Fantasy VII remake. They... I don't even remember what year they started teasing this at E3. I think it was like 2014 or 15. Wow. Like, they started talking about it then... And then there was no real mention of it for a while. And then they teased it again. And then they, we finally got a trailer for it. And then they kept releasing trailers from there. And the most recent trailer, like, it, the animation is so gorgeous. Like, I cannot wait to see what the finished product of this game looks like. Because when you compare the trailer that they released now to the original game, the graphics difference is just astronomical and i am super excited to see if the finished product of this game and i want it like now even though i have no time right now so you know there's that i mean life finds a way so i'm just hoping that by the time it comes around that it's actually coming out i might actually you know have time to play a video game right we shall see well if you need if you need to take a break <laughs> on Thursdays to be able to play the game. I I will grant it. Really? After I spent like the last few months taking Thursdays off to be in theater shows, you're gonna allow me to take Thursdays off to play a video game? I mean you get you'll you, you can have like two weeks off. You know, if you if you have if you have no other time, you can have two weeks off to play this game. Sounds like it means a lot to you. We'll talk. Okay. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was Matt's biggest thing or most anticipated thing? <laughs> there you go. I'm you trying to not word, guys. <laughs> um, MCU Phase Four. 
Um, phase three ended with a bang. Oh, God. Or a snap. Can I shame uh, Bell him even if he's not here? We haven't yes. done the final tally yet. And we waited until the dust settled from phase three before finding out anything about phase four. Now we have rele- now we have release dates and titles. I can't wait to see how Marvel handles phase four. I can only assume it will be bigger and better. And again, I agree with Matt. Like the way that phase three ended felt like like a really nice wrap up to things, but I can't wait to see what they do going forward. Yeah, I'm. I shouldn't even say cautiously optimistic, but like I don't know. It's like I feel like with Phase Four, they're taking a lot of chances. But it's like it's also it's Marvel, it's Disney. Like they'll be fine. Yeah, it's even if they be. aren't good movies, they'll still make a lot of money, and they'll still probably still be. <laughs> even if they're not like great movies, mm-hmm. they're still going to be a really good movies. Right. So. Um, Pickett, your thing that you're most looking forward to was actually another trailer that was released. Uh, I think this was just released Monday. Yeah, no, it was. Um, and it's uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, I was super excited and, and enjoyed the female reboot of Ghostbusters. Um, I, I really wish we could have gotten more of that, but all the backlash you got, I don't expect we're going to see anything from it ever again, sadly, because it was a pretty good film. Um, that being said... The only way you can make a Ghostbusters franchise better is just by continuing the original franchise, and that's what we're getting. We're getting an actual sequel, uh, and I couldn't be more excited about anything at all. Yeah, that trailer, that trailer was really good. I, <clears throat> I like how it's a healthy mix of new stuff with callbacks to the original. It's not, it's not a reboot. It's a continuation. You know. Um, I think, I mean, Paul Rudd doesn't do anything wrong, so I'm excited what? to see him in there. He does not age, though. Yeah, and so we also aging wrong. True. <laughs> and we have Finn Wolfhard, uh, which is just super exciting. My only concern with Finn is I, I really hope that he doesn't end up being typecast to only be in you know, weird supernatural films, you know, like between Ghostbusters and It and uh, Stranger Stranger Things. Things. Why did I blank on the thing that made him famous? But, you know, hey, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Details, who needs them? Right. But it's just like, I just, I hope that at some point he steps out of this comfort zone or whatever. Tell him to stop looking like a stereotypical spooky kid and he probably could get different roles. She's not wrong. He looks like a spooky kid. Like when I look at him, yeah. that's a spooky kid. He's pasty, his hair is weird, he's a spooky kid. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So. De- definitely not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we can't have a year-end episode without getting a final tally of the Shame Bell. And I'm really glad that you're here in person, Lydia. <laughs> So that you can give us, so we can find out who the winner is. The winner or the really, really bad loser? (laughs) I mean, it's going to be me, so I'm going to say it's the winner. (laughs) Calm down there, NSYNC. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to go, like, from the bottom of my list Well played, well played. Yeah, good job. Thank you. you. I'm going to go from the bottom of my list up. Um, Does anyone remember who T was? Like, just, I have, just letter T has one shame. I don't remember what that was about. (laughs) I, yeah, I don't know. No idea. Patrick from LodgeCon obviously still has his one. Not Seth has a quarter of a shame. I don't remember what that was about. Um, it was partially my fault. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that too, but I don't remember what the quarter that he actually got was his. I'm calling bull on this one, but Pickett only has one shame total. It's not bull, that's legit. For the entire year. How did that happen? Because he wasn't here. I I know we kind of talked about that, but still. Part of it is I wasn't there. Um, And then the other part of it is I'm deathly afraid of the shame bell. So I just, (laughs) I play nice and have it all the time. Well, the thing is, like, we added, like, more categories to the shame bell this year. Because we also have drunk shames and rage shames this year, too. (laughs) And you have one regular shame, and that is it. You didn't even get any drunk shames. I'm impressed. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think I think all of us can admit though there should be at least one drunk shame. <laughs> there should be. Oh, I'm sure. So, just put my tally at two, and we'll call it a day. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> and then I have four four regular shames. That's it. I feel like there should be more than that, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm a good girl. Lies. Um, <laughs> then we have Tabitha, who has four regular shames. 
and 36 drunk shames that she gave to herself at LodgeCon. Yep, yep. yep. <laughs> so you have a, t- so you have a total of 40. That right there is exactly why I believe Tabitha is the only person who should hold the shame bell. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> so you have 40 total, my dear. Thank you, thank you. Matt has 30 regular shames, one drunk shame, and two rage shames. Do you remember what the rage shames were? Probably just two existing, honestly. <laughs> She's probably not wrong. <laughs> so Matt has 33, so you beat him because you drunk shamed yourself 36 times. Everyone's welcome. <laughs> and then... And then we get to And me. then we get to Mitch, <laughs> who has 44 regular shames and two drunk shames. But per the message I received the other night... You also have 10,000 more regular shames. <laughs> Meaning that your total for this year, Mitch, is 10,046 shames. How am I going to beat that next year? I don't know. I bet you're going to well, figure I'm it sure out. I'm sure you can find a way. <laughs> Life it finds a way. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you, Tabitha. You're welcome. Uh, all right so i hope you're proud of yourself okay so let me ask you this so now that we've done the totals do the do the shames roll over and start back to zero now or on january 1st we'll mm. roll them now because we've already totaled so I yeah feel like, i feel like that's only fair yeah seems fair so i agree all right so that means you get a free episode just like go hog wild and hope she doesn't kill you i mean i'm just about to to end this episode but man i gotta find a way to Get a shame in there. I actually, I tried to. I don't even really remember what I said, but I said something earlier tonight to get an extra shame, and it didn't happen. You're welcome. Sorry. But I mean, this way you have a nice even number. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that is all the time we have for this episode of The Geek Awakens. Uh, We'll be back next week. We're not going to have a regular show next week. We're going to, well, as long as AMC doesn't cancel this showing as well but um long story but um, we'll be back next week to review star wars the rise of skywalker i'm super excited tabitha's super excited lydia is not excited at all lydia is indifferent <laughs> she won't be here so have fun um but yeah so we'll be back next week but in the meantime check us out on facebook instagram youtube and twitter where we'll be posting news throughout the week while you're there, give us some feedback and tell us what cool stuff we're missing out on. From all of us at The Geek Awakens, thanks for listening, and we hope we'll be back next week. Everybody, say bye. Bye! bye. bye.